hello, hello, hello. This is the Adam Owens Podcast. My name is Adam Jabber, and we have a great episode for you today. Jeff Colt from ZipFit is on the show. We are talking all things ski boot liners. We also talk about sociopaths and running. And uh, we talk about the new collaboration for Fisher and ZipFit for next year. The first stock boot with a ZipFit liner. Uh, it is, it's huge. It's a huge addition. I'm super psyched. Obviously, I've talked about it 47 times, and I'm going to talk about it 47 times more. I think it's the most complete boot line in the industry right now, especially with this edition. So, I don't know. Let's see. Let's see how it goes. I think next year is going to be a huge year for the Fisher boot department, but also for ZipFit. Uh, obviously, Jeff and I dive into the details of what ZipFit is as a brand, why buying an aftermarket ZipFit liner is beneficial. Uh, this is not a paid episode or anything like that. It's just, it's just facts. I mean, it's my experience with ZipFits. It's Jeff's um, since the beginning, since he's worked there, and so much more. So I hope you guys enjoy it. Uh, it is, uh, yeah, it's great. I love doing these kind of episodes. Gear episodes. I wish I could just do gear episodes like all the time, but it's hard. I don't know. People don't want to hear me ramble on about fucking knickknacks and whatever. So, um, also hilarious that ethan didn't tell me what my ads are today he just put oh he put them on the screen okay well that's fine i guess um yeah super psyched on this partnership obviously i'm a little lost right now i'm still i got a lot going on upstairs but uh before we jump into the episode a few things going on there's new merch on the website rat race hoodies by shane mcfalls are up matt our intern i guess he's kind of not our intern anymore he's an actual employee Matt made some t-shirts as well, some like pole flake style tees that are great. We got beanies, we got touring hats, the whole bit is online now. <clears throat> I'm dying. Help. Uh, at getthecollective.com. And before we jump into the episode today, I want to remind people to go subscribe to the YouTube page. We really appreciate it. It's doing really well right now and I want it to keep rolling. And it is all... Thanks to the people that listen to the show. I appreciate you all very much. And one more time before we jump into the episode, let's talk about some sponsors, including the wonderful people at Fisher Skis. Like I said, the most complete boot lineup uh, in the world, especially for next year. Most complete touring boot lineup this year. They have a super light boot in the Traverse. They have a lighter boot in a Transalp, and they have a... I want to go touring, but I also want to ski aggressively boot in the Ranger. It's a great lineup. I'm psyched to be partners with these guys always because the product is insane. It's nice to have a company backing you that just makes product with extreme attention to detail. I got to tell you, Ranger line, I've uh, been super impressed with this season. Ethan's been sliding some turns on the Ranger 96. I lately have been skiing the Ranger 108 a ton, and I'm telling you that is the best 108 ski in skiing period it's not close it's the best one like it, it is actually the best one that exists go ski it and tell me i'm wrong how about that okay go to fishersports.com and check out some new skis today and if you have gear questions as always email me adam at out of podcast.com canon is the sponsor of the out of bounds podcast if you want to ski the best skiing in new hampshire and arguably in new england Canon is the place to go. They got some snow last week. There's more expected this week. There's more expected next week. And I'm just going to keep saying there's snow expected every single day. 
Uh, the tram is up and running right now, so you can go ski off the iconic Canon tram. I'm uh, I'm psyched. Being partners with these guys is the best because I get to just go skiing with all of you and go skiing with my friends and actually have fun and make real turns on some real vert. It's uh, it's great. So 63 of 97 trails open right now. Go ski at Canon and hit me up if you do. Let's make some turns. I'm there like once a week. So canonmt.com to buy tickets in advance or to check out your weather report, your snow report, all that good stuff. Cool. And now into our episode with Jeff Colt. Jeff, tell people who you are. Tell people a little bit about yourself and what you do at ZipFit and, uh, and then we can go from there. Yeah, my name is Jeff Colt, originally from New Hampshire, but been out in Colorado the last six years. I'm the brand director and product designer with ZipFit Ski Boot Liners. We're based here in Carbondale, Colorado, um, originally founded by Sven Coomer, who's up in Aspen. So we're just in the you know neighboring town of Carbondale. Um, through the winter, I iterate and test ski boot liners. I manage our athlete team, do all of our customer-facing content. And um, year-round, I train as an ultramarathon runner and kind of get to do that through the summers and continue thinking about feet and, uh, yeah, <laughs> different footwear products. Can so, I can these, I ask you, uh, are all ultra runners sociopaths? Is that, is that, <laughs> is that a fair assumption or is it just from the outside looking at everybody thinks you guys are fucking nuts? I think people definitely uh, have the perception that ultra runners are nuts. I equate my practice and running very much so to like a practice in yoga. Um, it's the space that I'm able to center myself. I'm able to really like focus on me and, uh, and find a little bit of mindfulness and the bigger efforts, like a hundred mile race. Those are the times where, uh, I actually, I get to spend so much time thinking about <laughs> those who are important to me, my friends and stuff. So yeah. A lot of it is like mindfulness practice, but certainly you're putting your body through a, a pretty extensive toll to get there. So maybe sociopathic. Does it, does it stop hurting at some point? Like, does it stop like the, or it just hurts less for short? Like, I, I don't really understand <laughs> the process of this whole thing, right? Like, I think like anything, I'm sure the more you do it, the better you get at it and the easier it gets to an extent. But like, that's a long fucking time. Like, and you're doing yeah. it. It feels like you're doing it very often. Like that's, that's a lot, man. Yeah. You know, it's, um, it's definitely a lot of listening to my own body. Like I, I back to yoga, like I think yoga is impossible and people are like, Oh, it gets so much easier with time. Like an hour hot yoga class is the hardest thing it's I've ever so done. Brutal. Yeah. <laughs> it's so brutal. So like when, People are like, how do you run for a hundred miles straight? I'm like, well, you just don't stop. And a lot more of it's mental than it is physical. Like, I think we are all physiologically like adapted to, to hunt by running. Um, but it does get easier in the sense that like, you can kind of turn your, turn your brain body connection off and just be on cruise control. And, um, yeah, I don't know. Something, <laughs> something attracts me to it. I find it a good balance with skiing you know, get to commit to the, the skiing all winter. And that gets me so excited. And then when I'm out there kind of suffering through a hundred mile race in the summer, I'm definitely thinking about skiing in the winter. So yeah, 
So it's a balance. Somehow my balance is just a little bit sociopathic or extreme. Yeah. Do you, are you a headphones guy when you're running or are you just completely in it? I've been just learning a lot more through like longer form podcasts lately. Uh, yeah. So I've been using headphones. I also love listening to like EDM music when I'm out yeah. running. It's definitely like upbeat if I'm feeling like I need that, but I'd say five out of five out of seven runs a week. I'm, I'm without headphones just out there enjoying myself. Yeah. So you're running that much. Jesus. Is it no one, not that many people in skiing are running this much. There are definitely people like you think of like, I don't know, Drew Peterson's getting into it. Cody runs every once in a while. It feels like and has gotten more and more into it. Madison Ostergren, you see doing all this shit all the time. So there are people that do it, yeah. but like there it's way more bike heavy than it is ski. So like bike, you don't give a shit about riding bikes. Like in running. I love riding bikes. In- I love riding bikes. And I, I also like, I guess I'm a little bit of like a human border collie. Like I need two or three <laughs> exercises a day. So like, uh, I'll go on a, I'll go on a run and I'll also come back and link up with my friends for an evening bike ride or I'll skim in the morning, uh, maybe get a run in, in the afternoon or, you know, spin on the, on the indoor bike. So I love bikes. I think in the next couple of years, I'll focus more on like shifting to some, some bike racing efforts because there's a lot of really cool bike races out there that I yeah. want to explore. But, um, yeah, you know, in the last six years, I've leaned more into like ultra running and gotten to the point in my, uh, life where it is, you know, part of my career. Um, and that's, that's great. I do find that skiing and running complement each other well, but like running also has always been part of my life and feels easy to me. And I think for a lot of people running is the, like, you know, most painstaking thing they can imagine. And like, that's great. We each, we each have our own thing that gets us hyped up yeah last couple questions on running and then we'll get into what we're actually (laughs) going to talk about but do you how do you start you know what i mean like i go and i run for like two three miles and then i'm like fuck this shit i'm out like (laughs) but like i want to be good at but it's like you feel like you're suffering through three miles or something you know like and maybe it's that i'm going too fast of a pace for what i can handle then i try going slower and then i'm like i don't know like so is there a is it just consistency and then you start building that and you feel better? Like, is that all it is? Definitely. I think one of the, one of the, uh, things that always comes back to my mind is this, um, one liner from Stephen Wright, this really dry comedian. And it says like anywhere is walking distance if you have the time. Mm. And I don't get out there and run, you know, super fast every day. I do try to like carve out like, all right, I've got two hours this afternoon. Let's go out, see how I feel. Some days I have like a, you know, planned workout in mind, but I took a pretty huge chunk of time off from running during COVID and just wanted a reset. And, um, when I got back into training, like my goal was to run, you know, close to five miles a day. And that felt like a serious effort. And then it was like, all right, if I want to try to run 50 miles a week, I need to run over seven miles a day. And that felt like a serious effort and understand my typical training load is closer to like 80 miles a week. So like, when you are getting back into it, it just feels that much harder as you start to become adjusted to it. And it starts to feel, you know, more effortless, like 10, 12 miles for me does go by pretty quickly. And that's like, that's kind of where I want to be because for a hundred miles to go by in any sense of reasonable time, you need the 10 and 12 miles to go by pretty quickly. Yeah. 
What do you think about people like, I mean, there's always, I feel like over the past few years, people have talked about like Cam Haynes running a fucking marathon every day or like this uh, Candace lady that's running like an ultra every day or some shit for like 55 days in a row. Like what is like, do we like that? Is that good in your mind? Is that bad? Is it just like they're just trying to push themselves to the brink of them falling apart? Yeah, I think that's where you're you're starting to lean on some of those like sociopathic. Uh, oh, that lady's reputations. nuts. That lady is nuts. Um, like no doubt. I like because <laughs> understand like I don't go race races to like race every weekend. I seek out like the races that are the most inspiring and compelling to me. You know, my, my dream race is Hard Rock 100 because the San Juans are just awe inspiring, and that race has this amazing course and history. And like, that's what I look for. Um, I think people who are trying to push themselves to their physical limit, um, that's not what I associate with. If they want to do that, that's great. Um, you know, I think you see it sometimes when people just get like compulsive and obsessed with whether it's ski training, run training, bike training, like those are the worlds I exist mostly in. Um, where you start to like scratch your head and be like, are, is everything okay? Like, should they be talking to a therapist more regularly? Like there are certainly other ways to feel self-fulfilled than running a marathon every day. Yeah. That said, maybe, maybe it's like, Hey, I'm 32 years old or whatnot. And I want to do this and see if I can do it. And this is the time I have, I don't have dependents and uh, you know, like a mortgage to pay or something like more power to you, like go get your goals. If those are your goals. But personally um, I do not set goals like that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm very much the opposite of these people where like they train so that their body is at the top, like tippity top so that they're ready to go. Like I tend to do nothing and then see how hard of a thing that I can do while coming off the couch. Like that seems to be where I like to exist because like I'm bad at the consistency aspect, but I'm very down to just go out there and be fucking miserable for 12 hours. So it's, it's funny. Like I'll end up in good shape by doing a bunch of those types of things in a row. But if you're like, Oh yeah, go run three miles a day for 10 days. I'll be like, no, I don't want to do that. That sounds fucking horrible. Like that sounds so boring, you know? But if somebody's like, let's go do a 50 K I'll do, I'll sign up for a 50 K and do it fucking next week, you know, like, and just completely blow up. So Adam, here's the, here's the seed for thought is, uh, you know, those off the couch efforts, they're so fun. That's like type two fun. You're out there, you're wrecking, <laughs> wrecking yourself. You look back on it. You're like, that was so epic. I'm so stoked. I did that. All right. Now maybe you like, look at like how cool would it be to actually ski tour from Cannon mountain all the way across Lafayette Ridge yeah. in New Hampshire and get to ski some of those lines. Like that is a bit more than an off the couch effort for me. Yeah. Maybe I need to do some training or smaller yeah. off the couch efforts to be able to get to that goal effort. And that's a little bit more how I'm thinking about like Got it. these longer races. Um, that said in the last like two years, as I've performed better, I've had to take more of a professional approach to yeah. my ultra running and yeah, I have more people who are kind of checking in on like where I'm at and, and my uh, status and like commitment to my training and whatnot. But yeah, the off the couch efforts, those are the best. And like my (laughs) friend group here, everyone here skis and everyone here bikes and like all of my ski partners, you know, like once a summer, twice a summer, they're like, Jeff, let's do all of Highlands Ridge. I'm like, you guys are going to (laughs) die. And they're like, I want you to kill me out there. Like, let's go. Let's do it. And, uh, those, like, those are my favorite days in the mountains because 
it's a shared experience that is like it's it's irreplaceable. The the time with those people pushing themselves, even if I'm not necessarily in that same pain cave, it's it's still what makes uh, what makes life worth living. It's fun. I actually we have like an intern that we took on his first ski tour ever. Like we're filming a project last week. Uh, and like this dude from Ski Vermont was like, oh yeah, dude, three hours, four hours if we're slogging, like it'll be like, it'll super easy. Right. And it's like 12 miles. Um, we did like bolt into traps and it's like 12 miles. This kid's never toured in his life. Like didn't even, didn't, doesn't have stuff. Used my boots, my skis, didn't know how to put skins on, didn't know how to click into a Dina fit, like, like full on new, new, right? Like skinning up the skin track with his fucking helmet on, like dying. Okay. That dude went out and like i'm i'm so nervous for him in the beginning because i'm like this kid might actually die but then you're going through it and you're like watching him struggle and he's like okay i'm having a good time like i'm gonna make it through and you're like this is actually kind of fun to watch someone like struggle their way through a difficult thing and then feel the fulfillment of actually getting it done at the end of the day like the kid finished it it's like for a first ski tour to do fucking 12 miles is nuts like it's uh that poor kid i still feel bad so sorry anthony it's not even my fault it's Travis from Ski Vermont. It's it's all on this dude. Like there was no reason that this kid had to do this tour, or that we had to do that tour. But that's uh, that's what we did, and the kid made it. So props to that dude. Yeah. Well. Um, well. Yeah. Thanks for entertaining some of uh, some of my alter ego as a as a <laughs> pro trail runner. But um, it's ski season, and we should talk skiing. We should talk skiing. We should talk boots. Um, first and foremost, for people that are not privy to this information what is a zip fit like let's just kind of do some background on why why it exists what it is who benefits from this type of thing and kind of take it from there and then we'll dive into the new launch yeah um zip fit was the culmination of this ski boot designer sven coomer's life work sven was just inducted into the ski hall of fame um or he will be inducted this march so um, that'll be exciting, but Sven really helped usher in the transition of the hard plastic boot in skiing. So he had done some of the best designs for the leather ski boots and really understood what, you know, cobblers or boot makers brought to the table when it came to a leather ski boot. Um, Bob Lang made the first plastic shell. My understanding, it was pretty intolerable to ski in. Sven perfected the plastic shell. Um, the modern ski boot, we all know that's thanks to Sven Coomer Four buckles, the power strap, even like the, the actual, um, you know, boot board, like base of the boot, the whole nine yards, Sven brought in the design of the modern ski boot, but also really focused on what was inside the ski boot. Cause that's, what's actually holds your foot into place and prevents your foot from moving within the ski boot. If you have foot movement during the turn, that's energy loss in every single turn. Um, You want a direct connection between your foot and the ski. And a lot of people think that comes from the ski boot shell, but if you use a zip fit, you understand it actually comes from the inner boot, what's inside the ski boot shell. Um, Zip fits address a couple different pain points for skiers. The first being the toe box. This is a neoprene toe box. It's a sock-like fit. Um, It's neoprene, merino, wool, and thinsulate. that means that it conforms to the width of your foot. So it has two directional stretch width wise. So if you have six toe issues, if you have, you know, kind of toe bang issues, any toe box pain points, our toe box is really good for folks with wider feet, 
it reduces the amount of actual material in the tow box um, so that if you're buckling down, there's not excess material or excess foam, you know, kind of pinching the sides of your foot. Um, the next kind of thing you'll notice with the zip fit is sure it has a lacing system and a power strap. All of that is to activate the core composite material we use in the side panels, as well as the tongue of the liner. Our core composite material, it's malleable, it's responsive, it doesn't pack out. That's the primary thing you hear with zip fits is it's the same consistent fit day after day, season after season, shell after shell. So um, we have skiers whose liners have well over 1500 days in them. And that's like <laughs> for anyone who's skiing a ton, you know, that's 12 seasons. Um, and that's so, a shit ton. You know, that's like the 1% of skiers. Oh, or less. Yeah. yeah. That's like the patroller who also skis every off day and lives in an area where their season is November to May. Exactly. Um, so it's, yeah. So, um, that core composite material, it actually helps keep the, uh, the foot positioned nicely while also, uh, being a little bit more comfortable. It doesn't pack out. As I said, there's not this like fitting process where you stay still in your ski boot while that thermo uh, moldable foam expands to your, you know, foot's morphology. Um, when we fit someone in a zip fit, we warm up the liner, we have them step into it, we have them step into their shell and uh, then walk around edge as much as you can. Because it's dynamic and malleable, we want that cork to flow from areas of high pressure or pressure points to voids or areas of low pressure. A um, couple days of skiing and I think our skiers notice that the fit of a zip fit continues to improve the more they scan. Mm. So that's kind of the, the quick rundown on the Genesis of ZipFit and why this product exists. Um, this is a $485 liner. Mm. So it's a different price point than um, pretty much every other ski boot liner on the market. But um, what you'll notice, uh, you know, with this, this new product that's coming to market next year, the, the Fisher RC4 Pro is, you know, we're going back to Sven's term. Like this is an inner boot. Mm. This is a different product than a ski boot liner. It is made by cobblers in Montalulina, Italy. They make it with the morphology of a human foot in mind. And it's not just like a piece of foam that's crafted as price consciously as possible to slip into a, you know, ski boot shell that looks really marketable and might fit mm -hmm. good at first fit. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think the the biggest thing for me, like I've been skiing one for I'm probably 60 days in, is it actually fixed so many of my boot issues, my fit issues, without me doing anything. I heat molded them, obviously. That was all I needed to do, right? Like it changed. I can be in my boots all day and not take them off anymore. And I was one of those that was taking off my boots at lunch every day, like or like five runs in, take my boot off at the top of the ski lift because I'm dying. You know, like, and it genuinely fixed that for me, and it added performance. Like, I skied a Transalp, their Fisher's touring boot, on everything last year, inbounds, on resort, all year, and it made that boot skiable. The stock liner was, like, not skiable at all for me. Like, it blew up in, like, five days, and after that, I'm like, dude, just every, everything feels wrong. Never mind the fit itself. It just, it just like, it completely blew to pieces, and this has been, this is now my second boot I'm running it in. Yeah. So I know like you are a, a Fisher loyalist. Like mm -hmm. I don't think Fisher would be upset that you said their stock liner 
kind of blew up in, in no, a matter of a week. They know. Um, yeah. And I think every ski boot company out there that's making ski boots is well aware of the issue that their liners are the biggest shortcoming in their product. Um, and it's not every skier that recognizes the liner is actually the part of the boot that's the most critical to the fit, to the performance. Um, it's what's, you know, I guess, uh, controlling whether or not you have heel lift, Mm -hmm. whether or not you have pressure point over your navicular or your instep, um, shin bang, toe bang. These are all liner issues. And, you know, a lot of boot fitters out there will kind of bunch someone's toe or, you know, blow out the, the sixth toe area of a, of a shell. But if you're running that same kind of carpet foam stock liner in there, it's not, it's not really going to be an, an issue that's, you know, resolved. Yeah. Um, so beyond that, that point you made of like, just the, the more comfortable fit, like heel lift might be the, the main thing we chat about, uh, yeah. with customers and like, like, well, I've been cranking down my like bottom two buckles, like realistically, you shouldn't even need to touch those bottom two buckles. Like right. heel lift is going to come and be, you know, controlled by pulling the whole leg further back in the boot and then having a, you know, control through the Achilles area and over the instep that's actually going to secure that heel in place. Um, that's where, you know, our customers rave about zip fits. And uh, we have the great joy of talking to every single zip fit customer. Um, that's a huge part of being a really small business is like our customer service is our priority. And um, yeah, our, our, uh, our word is, you know, me synthesizing a lot of conversations with a lot of skiers out there who found success through ZipFit. Yeah. And I think there's, there's a few kind of touch points on that. Like one, yeah, the heel hold is absurd. Like when you step into the thing, you actually feel like you're stepping into like a cheap ski boot. You know what I mean? Like not in the sense of like fit or anything like that, but like, it's not easy to step into. Like it actually takes some, like you have to step into it and pull the tongue and like it, it, it actually takes a little effort to get in there. But once you're in there, you're like, holy fucking shit. Like, this is like, my heel is there, you know, like my heel is actually in place. It's locked down and it's not going anywhere. You know what I mean? Like it's the way that people it's, it's about the amount of effort that it takes to get into a big rental boot, you know? So it's not like getting into a race boot or anything like that, but you have to try to get in it, you know? And it's actually a beneficial thing. Like it actually makes me feel like, okay, right out of the gate first day in these things i felt it it sounds like this is a fluff piece for you guys right now but it's like genuinely what happened it it made me feel more confident in the boot that i was skiing yeah we love to hear that yeah. um you know the the other part that i guess i didn't mention on zip fits like they're adjustable like you can add more cork material we have like ports in the tongue of the liner as well as um over kind of each side of the instep. So if you need more heel hold or you have a lower volume ankle, or you've got a really, you know, bony lateral malleolus that like needs a little bit more cushion, um, you can add more cork to that targeted area and dial in the fit that you need. So I think for a long time, zip fits have just been a word of mouth brand. Yeah. And it's like patrollers, instructors, coaches um, who have found it to work for them they are the people who like fiddling with their boots and for them it's it's been a key to their success in finding a boot that they can be in for an 8 hour day 40 hours a week um i think the flip side that's 
what we've been trying to, you know, impress upon uh, skiers more is it's also a great out of the box boot. Like, yeah, you know, you can just put it on your foot and go skiing, uh, you know, put it in your shell and go skiing without heat molding it. And it's likely going to be a pretty great fit as long as you're selecting the right product. So um, we've been among that performance skier uh, and we're trying to, you know, definitely communicate to the comfort oriented skier that like the reason, you know, folks have sought out zip fit for performance is because they're comfortable. Yeah. So last, last thing I'll ask you on like the actual, the general zip fit stuff, how do you sell a $490 or whatever liner to a consumer that is casual? They're skiing 20 days, maybe 30 days a year, you know, like it's, to me, right, my sales pitch to people is always like, look, it's three ski boots, basically. You know what I mean? It's like your next three ski boots you can get out of this thing. But, like, is that enough value in your mind to make people pull the trigger that are skiing, like, 110 flex, 100 flex boot that just need better performance? Like, what is what are they feeling at that level that makes it different? I think a big part is, like, those pain points. A lot of skiers will come to us being like, my shin is killing me. And it's like, well, like if we actually lock your heel down, that's going to help solve your shin bang issue. And we can add more core to, you know, the tongue of your liners if, if it's just the shin. So a lot of skiers who do come to us who are in that, um, demographic of maybe 20 days on snow a year, like they, they might come to us with a pain point or some type of thing that they're looking to solve. The real selling point that like for me is the is the no brainer is like, don't waste your time trying to dial in your fit anymore. Like get a liner that's going to fit consistently for the 20 days this season, next season, the following season, and be able to have the same consistent performance that, you know, you want in your ski boots. Um, having a boot change and that fit devolve over a season, it's always a drag. Like it's not fun to get to the point where you're fittest in your ski boot or like in your ski fitness season and like trying to go through moguls and just literally being bucked around inside of your ski boot shell. Um, so yeah, the, the like, and a baseline is like, it's the same consistent fit. Um, it's a durable product. It's going to last you potentially the rest of your life. If you're skiing 20 days a season, this is your out of bounds sports nutrition tip of the week sponsored by Mirror energy, the real food energy gel made for the mountains. That doesn't taste like, but Okay. Electrolytes. If you do not want to bonk and die, hydration is key. Makes you feel good. Well, it makes you feel less bad than you would feel without them. And I can tell you this because I am notoriously bad at doing proper nutrition. Okay. Luckily, all your energy gels are consistently, consistently rated the best gels for maintaining and replacing electrolytes. And it's real food. The stuff is actually really good. It tastes good. I've been eating the cacao, what's it called? Cacao almond butter one. Ethan, what's the flavor called? I think that's it. Cacao. No, I've been, <laughs> cacao. I've been having cashew vanilla mate. That's what I've been on, like, hard body lately. And it's so <laughs> absurdly good. It, like, it, I can't, I can't get over it, okay? That or blueberry bergamot. I've been on blueberry bergamot for a long time. I feel like we know that. I kind of feel like that's more of a summer flavor, but. This is like very earthy and very nice. And this is probably what you should get for now. There's different variations too if you don't like vanilla. So if you want to buy some of your energy, we'll give you a discount because we like you. 
go to mirrorenergy.com and use discount code out of bounds, all lowercase, and you'll save 15% off. If you tell them blueberry bergamo is your favorite color, even if you're lying in your order notes, they'll throw in a special swag for you. Woodchuck is the best place to get a hard cider. Like it is. You can get it delivered to your door with discounted shipping online if you would like a discount code for that. Hit me up and I will happily provide you with one. But what I want you to do more than anything else is to go to your local liquor store or go to the Woodchuck Cider House and consume, if you're over the age of 21, some of the very best ciders that exist, point blank, period, ever. The stuff is light. It's drinkable. You can drink one or you can drink 47. I would highly recommend not drinking 47, but you're getting the gist here. I am a huge fan of the Persecco, the Berry Snap, the Rosé. Honestly, I think of all currently, my favorite one is the Paloma, but there's a flavor for everybody. So go to woodchuck.com, check out all the ciders that they have to offer, and once again, must be 21 years of age or older to consume. Cool? Yeah. No, it's absurd. It uh, and it works. Like this is not like snake oil. Like this is like actually a thing that that works. It's it's uh, it's still crazy to me. I get, and I got to tell you, like when we worked together a little bit last year, I was like, this is bullshit. You know what I mean? Like I was just like, there's no way that this actually makes a difference. And I'm telling you, like the way one, the confidence of having a boot that like holds your heel every single time and has it's like it's your bar, right? It's, it's your consistent, like, here's your base. Here's your like focus group a, right? That boot stays the same every single time because the liner is the same. So like I can step into 10 different boots and as long as they're the same, like similar lasts, similar style, I have the same fitting liner and everything feels consistent. And it's that part, especially on the tester side, like when you're testing stuff and you're trying different boots and you're doing this thing and that thing, that's changed the way I feel about testing ski boots. Cause my philosophy for years was always like, why test a ski boot? Like, why would you go out and go test a ski boot for a mag review or like to talk about a pro it's just not made for you. You know what I mean? So now you can go and do that and actually get a feel for what the boot actually is. And then have that, that base to figure out what's different between boot a and boot B and boot C. So for shop kids, it's yeah. like, that's a, that's a pretty big, like end user that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Adam, it's funny. I like, I don't feel like a snake oil salesman. And <laughs> the first time I met Sven Coomer was six years ago. Like soon after I moved to Carbondale, um, long story short, I went up there to hang with my now business partner and, and zip its managing director, Chris, um, Sven and Mary are his grandparents and, uh, we're hanging at his house and he ended up having to leave for a couple hours. I ended up in the garage, which is like, a ski boot museum with Sven and like Sven's telling me I grew up ski racing. I ski raced until I injured my back senior of high school. Um, I patrolled for six years. I've been core in the ski industry since I was like a, a little kid. Mm -hmm. And Sven's telling me about like this product that, you know, growing up in Hanover, New Hampshire, skiing in uh, you know, New Hampshire, Vermont and Colorado, I'd never heard of. And he's telling me like how it's going to change my life. And like to, 
you know, maybe to poke a little bit more fun at Fisher, like when the powder hull technology came out, oh my God. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. was like, that's bullshit. <laughs> like, why are you trying to sell this? When like Atomic made the decision to have a bar on their race skis that only Atomic bindings could be used on yeah. that ski. Oh As a kid who grew up ski racing with like no funds to be able to ski race, there was no way I was going to buy new bindings and skis every year. Like I was getting hand-me-downs kind of regardless, but like I thought that was pretty like sleazy of Atomic to make it so that their skis weren't compatible with other binding systems. Like yeah. I've always been first to call BS on like kind of bullshit technology. Like I see Apex ski boots and I'm like, what are you doing? Oh, like, dude, don't, that's crazy to me. Don't right. Get me started. But like hearing Sven talk about this, I'm like, huh? Like this guy I've never heard of is telling me that he did like the, uh, conceptual design for the Reikley Flexon, which is like the modern full tilt that he did the conceptual design. Well, actually the full on design for the Nordica Doberman, which, you know, the Grand Prix and Doberman, like that's the redster. That's, that's like almost every boot in the ski industry. And I started like kind of scratching my head being like, I'm either talking to a Forrest Gump character who lived many lives and is like a one of a kind or like I'm talking to a snake oil salesman yeah. <laughs> and it planted enough of like a, uh, you know, thought for curiosity that I was like, I need to reach out to Sven and just like try to work for this guy. Um, and, you know, four years later, Sven basically Sven and Mary approached Chris um, and were like, Chris, we want someone to take, take the reins at ZipFit and build a brand behind this product. And Chris called me and was like, Hey, are you still interested in working with, with ZipFit? And I was like, drop everything I'm doing. Like, yeah, like oh, shit. let's, let's make this real. So I, I definitely know that, that like feeling of like, am I being just like, kind of like are deceived right now? And, yeah. um, you know, I've had, yeah, the, the pleasure of talking to a couple thousand customers now who just like make me believe in zip it more and more every day, which, yeah. um, considering it's, it's my full-time job, it makes my full-time job feel, uh, really nice like it's yeah. just it's a it's a good thing that like i like what i'm doing and people express you know gratitude toward uh zip fit for existing and yeah yeah, yeah. it's it's funny we all everybody that sells any product you're like okay that person their job is to sell right but i think for so many of us in skiing the job is way better when that person comes back and is like fuck yes like this is the best this is what i wanted this is what i hoped for this changed everything for me it's like yeah i i love selling skis right like if i could just do that part of the job i'd still be in the shop every day you know what i mean i i love that part of it because the best part of it is as you get good at it and you can put people in the right shit they come back and they tell you this made my life better made my skiing better it made me feel better for x y and z and that alone makes the whole gig worth it Right. So it sounds like something very similar. hundred percent. Yeah. Um, let's talk about why this collaboration with Fisher happened. So for people that don't know, there is a new RC four boot is going to have stock zip fit liners. Uh, so first ski boot with a stock liner from zip fit, at least in modern time, um, in the one twenty and one thirty, if I'm not mistaken, just the 130. 130. So it's it's the pro model, and the, the RC4 Pro, and the 130. In the LV and the MV. Yeah. Got it. Okay. Um, yeah. It's fucking so good. Like, what an add-on to have for a boot line. Why? Why was Fisher the right partner? 
talk to me a little bit about how that came to be. And honestly, if there's any differences between the one, I think that's like always the hesitation for people when like something new comes out and they're working with a brand. It's like, yeah. here's the watered down version. It goes in a ski boot. What, what's, what's the story here? Yeah. Um, well, humor me for a second as I, as I smile and reminisce, like the outer week, 2020, um, Fisher sent Kyle Smain and Martin Lentz to be the athlete representatives. And, uh, I got to ski with them as a gear tester before I was involved with ZipFit. And those two guys were the best skiers there. Uh, and like, there were really good skiers there. You know, Hoji was there. Um, yeah. and like, you know, he is an amazing skier in his own right. They're, they're like seeing Martin and Kyle on that day, you know, that week they skied red resort in British Columbia, unlike anyone else. And like, there was just so much hype. So when I got involved with ZipFit, I wanted to reach out and try to build an athlete team. And those two were among the first, you know, half dozen that I reached out to because I'd seen them ski. I knew how good, you know, they were at both talking the talk with Fisher and also just like gear oriented rippers on the mountain would be great ambassadors for our brand. Um, athletes, not ambassadors. Uh, and like that same week, Christoph Lentz, who I also knew, uh, shot me an email and was like, Martin just told me you're at ZipFit now. And, uh, you know, we were, we were new in our, um, kind of roles at ZipFit and internally, uh, Thomas, Chris, and I, that's the three of us who, who run this company kind of like a line. And we're like, would, would we want to do a larger OEM partnership like this? You know, what are the the things we should consider? And um, we had a couple calls with Christoph, a couple calls with uh, different members of the Fisher team. Got Christoph in some zip fits. Um, got Martin in some zip fits. Kyle in some zip fits. So there were other you know touch points for for Fisher as a brand to really understand the performance of our of our liners. And um, you know we've really been working on it since then. So, you know, since 2020, um, we've been kind of thinking through and iterating this, um, this design, the RC4 Pro ZF. That's like what we call this, uh, um, this liner inner boot. Uh, it's built off of Agara zip fit. Um, there are differences and I'm happy to dive into those more, but uh, in so many ways, Fisher was the right brand because Zip, it's a family owned company. And that was a big part of Chris taking the reins uh, from Mary uh, and Sven. So they wanted to keep it a family company. Um, Fisher's a family owned business and family owned company. Um, we knew that in the market, Atomic was coming out with the Mimic and that would be kind of the, you know, off the, off the shelf, like out of the box um, baseline for the competition in the industry. I don't think, no offense to the other ski boot brands, but anyone has innovated um, to the same extent. And yeah. Atomic really tried to make a like, you know, almost like TNF Future Light-esque marketing launch with that Mimic liner, like Solomon Shift level of like, this is the greatest thing since sliced bread. Um, internally, we're all like, well, we actually have the greatest thing since sliced bread and we're going to we're gonna put it in a Fisher boot. And um, hopefully that'll be enough of a, of a statement to, have people, you know, considering the you know, Atomic Hawks with the Pro Mimic Liner or the RC4 Pro from Fisher with a zip food inner boot, like 
thinking thinking hard about that um in a lot of ways we've like seen you know like surefoot yeah you know that's the person the person who goes to surefoot to get a brand new boot a brand new liner that's foam injected and an insole like they can walk out of surefoot having spent 1500 to like 1800 dollars yeah. on a new boot setup like the rc4 pro with the zf inner boot is a better product and it's at a thousand dollar price point so it, it's a big step up for fishers price points you know in their alpine line but when you look at the competition it's like a screaming deal um yeah anything anything to interject on before i kind of pick apart some of the differences yeah let's a uh, couple quick things i guess let's i i want to hear about the differences i guess between the regular boot like the regular zip fit liner and the oem one because there are a couple changes at I only know of the positive ones. I want to know if there's anything else that came out of the boot to make it OEM okay, but we'll get into that in a sec. People would be mad at me if I didn't ask, is there a difference in fit of the liner with a BOA system, right? Because we, I mean, that's that's a yeah. new thing. Like, does that change anything? Is that Does that matter? And how do you feel about BOA stuff? So I actually had a customer like call me and like we had a great conversation this morning. He wants to trade in one liner for another one because we do kind of five days skiing the liner and if it's not working for you. If you haven't changed it at all or altered it, like send it back to us and we'll exchange it or refund it. So this guy had skied in this liner. He wanted to send it back for a different model. Um, and at the end of our call, he's just like, yo, what about BOA? And uh, I, I've tried on, you know, the RC4 Pro ZF, um mid volume with the boa and the um you know rc4 130 um like with buckles kind of side by side left and right foot and i think the main thing i noticed with the boa is it's a it's a wrap fit mm. that actually is hugging your foot more as opposed to like when i buckle the instep buckle on my ski boots so the the second from the bottom buckle yeah, i feel that pressure in yeah. that spot when I buckle my lower buckle, I kind of just feel like, okay, my toe box got tighter. Right. Um, having tried both on, I do think that we're going to see more of the BOA um, integration in ski boots and Alpine performance boots. It it definitely hugs your foot a bit better. For anyone or any other ski boot brand out there other than Fisher that introduced a BOA this year, uh, the BOA is not going to solve heel lift. It's not going to pull your foot further back mm -hmm. shell. It's not going to solve any of the problems that I just mentioned that like this product solves, yeah. but it does have a nicer feel over the toe box. And if you have navicular, you know, instep pain, you're going to like the BOA. I think that that's, that's absolutely fair to say. Yeah. Um, the zip fit with the RC4 Pro MV, which is the Fisher uh, shell that has the BOA. I think what, um, you know, that BOA is really interacting in this part of the liner um you know with the neoprene toe box it's not changing uh you know the fit and feel of the toe box at all i don't really think it's actually um you know changing pressure distribution on the the instep or midfoot um the rc4 zf also has this same like instep window uh where it's a cutout in the hard plastic to have this like nice neoprene and cork over your instep, that sensitive part in the foot. 
So I think the BOA actually works really well with that RC4 um, ZF inner boot. I think folks who are out there and end up in a different BOA boot, I think you'll find it still works really well with a, with a zip fit liner. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I, I, I'm excited to see how that stuff does genuinely. I mean, there's a lot of uh, some people when I put up that, that BOA thing was going on, like some people are commenting like, Oh, I hope it helps heel lift. And it's like, those two buckles don't really do anything for heel lift. Like they're completely yeah. irrelevant. But what it does do is allow someone like me with a high end step to actually be able to close down that lower part of the foot. And it just gives you a better fit. And it's exactly like what you said. It's instead of pressing down on those areas like a traditional boot does, because that's all it's doing is, yeah, they're, the plastic is still overlapping, but the buckles end up crushing downward the, tight, the tighter you make them. On a BOA system, it actually wraps it a lot better. Um, and I got to say, like the best fitting one, obviously extremely biased um is the fisher one for an alpine boot and honestly the atomic one for a touring boot i mean it's just like it matters what's in the boot and it matters the shape of the boot like you can't just stick a bow on it and be like oh yeah this work you know but like there's some thought that actually went into it yeah in terms of just like how the plastic's tapered how it actually hugs and wraps around itself like they didn't just throw a boa on an existing shell yeah. Um, and I think we were excited about this entire partnership because the RC4 Pro, um, the low volume and the mid volume, like they built a new shell, you know, with our inner boot in mind. Yeah. And like that, that was the type of collaborative design and partnership we were looking for. Right. Um, well, differences in the stock liner versus like when people go and buy an aftermarket liner. Yeah. Um, I will start, I'll just go through the differences and I'll point out like they should be kind of obvious what's an upgrade with the new ZF and, um, you know, what might be a slight like cost savings. But, um, in all of our testing, these metal eyelets that we have in our liners, we actually like, for me, they're typically a pain point. When I talk to customers, um, you know, this is a, a design that we inherited from Sven and like, I am rethinking fully whether or not we need these. Um, and the Fisher RC4ZF, that inner boot does not have these metal eyelets, which removes a you know two to three millimeter piece of metal over the most sensitive point of the foot. Yeah, I think that's a great upgrade. Um, the lacing system, this is our classic like zip fit blue and green uh, two millimeter round lace. When that two millimeter stacks on top of each other over the instep, that's just putting more material again over that sensitive area. So Fisher used their lacing system and their lace lock, which is like it's best in class as someone who independently researched uh, lace locks for quite a while, trying to replace ours. Uh, I was like, how do I get this one? Um, So (laughs) that lace lock on the RC4 uh, pro is significantly better. It's a, it's a big upgrade Um, through the toe box. Really, the only difference is uh, they chose not to have a thin slate layer in there. And um, while you might think that makes the liners colder, I'll get back to that. I actually think this liner uh, overall is is warmer than uh, like the standard zip fit in some slight mm-hmm. ways. Um, they got rid of the power strap on the liner. And I think that works just this is a, a key part of the liner. And like customers will ask, hey, can I remove this? Customers can do whatever they want. Like they buy a product, they should fin- like play with it, fiddle with it, make it how they want it. 
but for zip fits, if you're going to lace up your liner, lace up the power strap and world cup or step into your shell, you know, the power strap's great. If you're hoping to leave your liner in the shell, all of a sudden the power strap is just like another thing that you're, yeah, you're playing with. That. Yeah. So, um, I think Fisher hopes that, you know, some of their skiers will, will choose to leave the liner in their shell as opposed to world cup in and not having that power strap, I think makes the fit better and also makes in and out a little bit easier. Um, the cuff material, uh, Fisher has their own hard plastic cuff material that they use across their line. When Fisher has a material that is, you know, equal or better than the material we're using, it made sense for them to use that material. The same goes for the actual like top cuff. They wanted to be able to use their nomenclature with their banding system, their Fisher logo. So like this hard, uh, you know, on ours, it's this honeycomb material and they're like hard plastic. That's a Fisher material that they wanted to use. You'll also see on that RC4 ZF or RC4 Pro ZF inner boot <laughs> that Adam posted on uh, out of podcast or out of collectives Instagram earlier. You can see there's a Velcro band for you know mm-hmm. uh, Fisher spoiler, and there's also two Velcro bands on either side of the leg. Fisher makes these fit solution uh materials that basically it's a whole band of basically plastic that wraps and velcros that type of fit solution is awesome for people who have abnormally skinny lower leg morphology like if if their legs are so thin that they're just having a hard time with their whole leg moving around inside of a liner or boot you know that rc4 pro comes with this fit solution um that yeah makes uh, makes it more customizable and adaptable than I guess even our current zip fit. Um, there's also, you know, just as there are in, in zip fits, there's these ports that you can add more cork to, you know, Fisher will be carrying, um, our, our cork and plungers. Um, you might see other cork liners on the market. Like they're not the zip fit cork. And that's, that's what Sven calls unobtainium. It's his recipe it's a um yeah it's a special mix of of cork and other ingredients that it doesn't dry out it remains malleable has a really good energy return um so all of those elements to the fisher the outsole we actually put on this year's zip fits the fisher outsole um was just an improvement in terms of it wrapping further up on the heel um so we actually you know learned some things in the product design from this project as well um that primary difference that I mentioned in terms of temperature, this is a microfiber material. Um, it has more of a leather feel. Fisher's using a really, really similar material, but um, it's basically, you know, in in white and uh, is a little bit more of a plastic-based uh, material. Microfiber is also, you know, uh, somewhat plastic-based, but that Fisher side panel, it. I think retains heat better in like our testing. Uh, Christoph and I would go back and forth being like, my feet aren't getting cold. Um, like, you know, I think this whole midfoot area is actually holding, uh, holding hot air better and, and keeping, keeping the liners warmer. So there are some differences. I think the, um, you know, the bottom line, if you're keen on getting a new shell and liner next year, and you are at that kind of 130 plus performance skier, 
this is going to be an amazing product, both with the um, the ZF liner and and a, a redesigned boot to be compatible with that BOA as well. Um, I wouldn't seek out the ZipFit uh, or the the RC4 ZF liner over like a ZipFit if you're looking for a new liner. Like the DNA is is all there. There's a reason they they approach ZipFit about making this product. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's there's some differences, some things that we definitely uh, took away from the collaboration. Um, but for the most part, you know, Fisher came to ZipFit because of the reputation and the performance of that inner boot. And uh, now we we have you know a uh, a mass produced ski boot shell that has a ZipFit inner boot in it. It's yeah, it's a great thing. I think it's a good direction for you guys, for Fisher, for the industry as a whole. Um, yeah, I actually, a couple things there. I really like the power strap. I, I will say like, I wish that stayed. Um, but I get it. Like you want to make it a little easier to get into. I like world cupping into my boots. Like I actually think it's uh for me, I don't know. makes it easier. Like I can just step in, open the plastic and not worry about it. Cause my liners on my foot guarding it basically. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. I also like that speed lace, like that speed lock that they, <clears throat> that they put on is, such a huge addition right like that it's so small that's my only problem with a stock zip fit liner is that little knuckle is big you know what i yeah. mean like that's the only downside and the I, lace the lace is pretty significant too yeah and the lace is significant too but like that's i always like just like what do i do with this you know but it ends up for me it actually ends up being good behind the strap and i don't really feel it and it it, it actually is is fine. I've heard other people are like, okay, like it is a little big and it, I can feel it in the right place at the right time, which is fine. Like I think for 99% of people, that's not going to be an issue, but it is nice to have a smaller, more compact one. I think that that's a big, a big addition. The rest of the stuff to me, honestly, I don't think it's going to change that much. I don't think it's going to, I think it's all, it's all good. It's going to be a great fitting, great skiing boot for that skier that actually wants a high performance out of the box boot. Right. Cause like you said, these people are going to Surefoot. These people are going to their boot fitter. These people are buying an aftermarket liner and getting it foam injected or cork injected. Like it is, it is a different, it's a different breed of customer. So it's nice that Fisher's like trying to take that part of the market. Um, my only, my only other question for you is Fisher has an exclusive for this, right? For a few years, for three years. Is that right? Uh, I think through, so the first two seasons, um, okay. Yeah, so 23, 24, 24, 25. Okay. Um, and yeah, so ZipFit will be in you know this shell and best case scenario, we're able to expand it to a shell that's more approachable for uh, a wider range of skiers. I think that was one of the sadder parts of like this partnership was like, all right, a 130 plus boot, like that That does remove a significant portion of the um, the women's market and like I would love to have as many people as possible be able to try a zip fit and, and recognize what it can do for their skiing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, my, my hope and aspiration would be to try to be able to get a zip fit in her boot and, you know, 110, 115 flex, yeah. um, maybe 120 flex shell and uh, open up those doors to, to more skiers. I want it in a fucking Ranger. You know what I mean? Like that's what I wanted in. I, I, this is great. It's just not like for me, it makes like I'm going to ski that boot 10 days a year for me personally. And I'm going to ski a Ranger every single day. Granted, I have a zip in it already, but like, it's, 
I love the idea of putting that in a touring boot eventually too. You know, like I, there's so many applications, so many different ways that you can go with this thing. Since you already have that product that's so dialed in, it's easy to go and like kind of make it more approachable, put it in different boots and, and expand, I would think. So. Yeah. Um, easy is maybe the wrong I word. think there's, I think there's a lot of, uh, a lot of potential and, you know, I think we, we didn't talk about it earlier, but like, yeah, you're skiing the GFT liner. Um, that's a like great for touring the grand fricking Teton, you know, the inspiration certainly came from Dan Korn and Max hammer who both, uh, ski mountaineers with, with roots in the Tetons, um, as a like hard charging liner that had a better four F flex for ascending than current zip fits. Um, as you know, the guy thinking about product design a lot, I'll tell you like the GFT is not the best touring liner we could make. Yeah. And like what it is, is it's the best zip fit for going uphill and zip fits ski better than every other liner on the market. Yeah. So in that like context, it's a really great piece of gear, but you know, for, for boots with a greater range of motion for lighter weight boots. And in general, just for a boot for the greater audience, like that liner does not exist yet. And I definitely want to work for that, uh, that development to make something that like anyone out ski touring would be stoked on. Cause it's 250, 300 grams as opposed to 550 grams a liner. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think, uh, I think there's a lot of potential in the future for, um, for, you know, more collaborative products and or projects. And on our end, we're certainly not slowing down on like the, what do we hear from our customers? What do we hear from Adam Jaber? Uh, what does he want? You know, what do, what do the people want and how can we make, make that for them? Um, like That's for skiers by skiers. Sure. Uh, like more so like, is there a hole in the market? Like when you look at touring boots, hundred percent, almost every touring boot comes with a sock. Yeah. <laughs> like let's get something better than a sock, but maybe lighter weight than, you know, our, our 550 gram touring liner. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. Awesome. This has been great. I appreciate you coming on and chatting this stuff very much. Um, I think people probably learned a lot and I, I hope so. I told you I was going to keep it short. We're already over an hour. So tells you how much <laughs> we could nerd about nerd out about ski boot liners for forever. But um, where main thing where can people find ZipFit? Where can people ask you questions personally? Um, I'm sure people have plenty of questions about running and feet and the whole the whole bit. So where can people find you? Where can people find ZipFit? And if people are interested in buying one, like how do they do that? Yeah. Um, so I'm Jeff Colt. Um, easy underscore dog on social media. Um, you can follow along mostly with running exploits, but also some, some fun skiing exploits. Uh, for ZipFit, we're at ZipFit on social media, ZipFit Liners on Facebook and Twitter. Um, with, uh, you know, learning more about ZipFit, you can give us a call, 970-238-2826. You're going to get me or Chris. We're happy to talk to you about ZipFit. Um, www.zipfit.com. We've got a find your fit quiz on there that is actually was a huge lift, but it was literally, <laughs> we were responding to every single inquiry with like our, our recommendation. And we figured out how to put our recommendation into a matrix to be able to give you the right recommendation by, by taking our quiz. Um, yeah. so we definitely encourage you to, to start there because it's not just what liner is right for me. It's 
you know, we take your foot into consideration, your skiing type, the ski boot shell you're going to put it in, um, and any other abnormalities or eccentricities or, or special things about your legs and feet. Um, so check out zipfit.com. And, um, yeah, I mean, we work with some of the, some of the best athletes, I think in the game, um, in general, uh, look at your local ski shop. If they have ZipFit, uh, wonderful. If they don't, ask them about ZipFit and maybe they'll, they'll start carrying it. Uh, we have a big presence in Salt Lake, in Tahoe, in Jackson. Um, our presence in New England is, is growing. Uh, and, you know, the Midwest is kind of our, our bigger empty spot on the map. But yeah. we're always down to talk. Um, check, you know, check us out on YouTube for any kind of fit, uh, fitting videos if you want that too. Sick. Jeff, thank you. Um, I'll, uh, I'll talk to you soon. I appreciate it very much. 